right, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to that new thing, a podcast where Web3 project creators discuss the latest in crypto, Web3, and NFTs. We share insights and lessons from building our projects. We are not crypto nerds or DGENs. We're regular people who waded into this world before the crypto crash and are chronicling our journey as we learn about it and build through it. In today's episode, we are going to be sharing what we're learning on our projects talking the latest about the SBF FTX scandal and sharing if we think this is like the last collapse of this crypto winter and what we're learning from it and how we're adapting our approach to building and investing Web3 as a result of it. We've also got an interesting new thing on the horizon and a project, not one of ours, that you should know about and support. So let's dive in with some intros. Sarah, tell us who you are in Web2 and in Web3. Hello, hello. I am Sarah from Gen X NFTs. I am the founder of Gen X NFTs. That's my Web3 status. In Web2, I am a frazzled mother trying to wade in the <laughs> harried waters of parenthood. <laughs> so yeah, that's me today. It changes every day and I'm not on camera today because I'm so frazzled and harried. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Oh, good. Jackie. Hello, this is Jackie. So glad to be here. My project is called Hula Girl NFT. And that is also my Web3 experience that's sort of growing and building. I'm a full-time artist and educator. So glad to be here. And we've been on this wild journey together. It's, it's real interesting to be talking about it. It has been a wild journey. Diana. Welcome back. It's been a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be back. My Web2 presence is a web designer, web developer with webdesignpilot.com. And my Web3 presence is my NFT project, Tired Moms NFT. It's a NFT project for women by women who are navigating the crazy waters of being a mom. <laughs> crazy waters indeed. I'm 10 months into these waters. Hold the cow. All right, I'm Jen. I am the founder of Steminus NFT Project, a project to raise capital and support women in STEM startups specifically, but also STEM education. And in Web2, I am a mechanical engineer and product developer and inventor, and also a robot builder every now and then. So I'm going to pick that up again soon. And a new mom, 10 months in. So. Hey, I'm Sana. I'm with Hellskate, which is a supernatural roller derby movie and comic project I've been working on for a while. I'm a former roller derby skater myself and filmmaker. So there you have it. Awesome. All right. So let's do some quick updates on our projects. How are things going for you guys? It's been two weeks since we met. How are things going on the projects? What's new? What are you learning? I've officially kicked off marketing, which I'm very excited about. Yay. And... Yeah, it's a lot to do, but I'm really hyped for it. We're going to be covering all social media platforms and covering all our bases, just offering oodles of education and tons of alpha in the digestible, easy to understand format so people can be comfortable learning about Web3 and NFTs and join a community where they can you know, find other people that are interested and yeah, and then hopefully January, we'll have a mint, which I'm super excited about. Wow. We, we are so excited to follow the journey and to watch all the magic happen so we can prep our projects. So thank you for being our guinea pig and going first. Oh my gosh, I love it. 
oink oink, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do guinea pigs oink? I don't think they well, do. They sniffle sniffle. I don't know what they do, but that's adorable. <laughs> I think they squeak, right? Squeak, squeak. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they squeak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think... Sarah, that's very exciting. I cannot wait because like we've all been talking about launching these NFT projects for so long and like to finally get to that point with you is so, it's just really fucking exciting. It is. I feel like I have a really good team behind me to just give me the direction that I need because, you know, we've all been grinding on this for a year. I've known Diana for a year, you know, and there's only so much you can do on your own before you have to really start bringing in people that, you know, know more than you and can help and, you know, that is on all levels, like website development, the art, the, you know, the, the marketing and all of that. So I'm really excited. I feel really confident and yeah, let's, let's hope awesome. you guys all need to be on the allow list. I hope you guys already are. We're probably changing it up because we're, we're redoing. <laughs> I'm sure you are already on the allow list. <laughs> yeah. But you know what though? We should all buy one. Like we're, we're we should be here to support yeah. you. Like, I don't want a free one. I want to buy oh, one. Thank you. thank you. Same, same. Awesome. I will, yeah, and I will equally support you guys, obviously, because you guys are my girls. You guys are my girls. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? How's the project going? <sighs> well, it's Christmas season. How can it be Christmas season? I know. Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, just constantly trying to move forward and hope my kid doesn't come home sick again and. Yeah, so I can send her back the next day. Being like, <laughs> very selfish, but yeah, just constantly chipping away at, at getting getting the good work done. That's awesome. I feel like I have really started to understand community on a much deeper level through my very accidental side project on TikTok that I've stumbled on. So I'm taking the learnings from that of going you know, semi-viral on TikTok and having all of these people want to be a part of this thing when I had this NFT project I was I was building and I, I was trying to get people to want to be a part of that thing. And so I'm, I'm trying to translate the learnings here over to the NFT project. So I'm still going to hold on any sort of launch until it looks like we're really coming out of the crypto winter, which, you know, I've heard anything from Q1 of next year to... 2024 before we come out of it. But anyways, it's, it's been really cool to learn hands-on about community and, you know, get that lesson, you know, and then I can apply it to Stimulus. So good stuff. Well, it's such a great opportunity right now since everything's not hustle and grind, mm -hmm. you know, like you have the time and the resources to, to invest in learning how to build that community and engaging more and putting more value in it and and they will have more time to get to know you and invest their trust into you and everything that you have to offer yeah. down the line yeah i did i did I've, have you guys heard about alex hermosi he's like blowing up on podcasts and youtube and everything he's like a business guru kind of guy he would i feel like you tell us about him a lot and i always heard sorry he's like the guru that i've listening to at the moment so I love it. Keep okay. reminding us because I keep and fucking up. And not he would not consider up. himself a guru. Like that would annoy him. So I apologize, Alex, if you ever hear this. But 
he was he did some podcast where he was talking about if you want to build a big following the minute you start trying to monetize you stop having this viral growth and so like he comes on and every podcast or every video he he does he'll introduce himself and say I'm Alex Ramosi and I have nothing to sell you he's just you know sharing the knowledge that he has from the success that he's had and I think that that has been pretty key for his growth because people recommend him without worrying that you know, there's going to be a bunch of ads or he's going to be trying to sell them on a course or whatever. So that is also like a nugget that I'm playing around with. of just trying to like give away immense value with no monetization until I've, I've built this audience to a certain level that I'm, that I'm comfortable with and good with. Because I see this a lot with like course creators or coaches or whatever, they get like a good little following and they start trying to sell to that following. And they're successful, but the following stops growing a whole lot. And so I would rather have, you know, a big community rather than, you know, a small community that I can monetize. So, yeah. And then I, I feel like with, with that premise of like, I'm not going to monetize these people, I can play around a lot more and, and learn better than if I'm so worried about like, you know, is this pitch good or is this going to translate to to monetary benefit? So anyways food for thought on that. So. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right. Any other updates on the, on the projects, on the state of things, or we can dive into uh, mm-hmm. Sana's question of the week. You I haven't done my mom spaces in a very long time. And mom fail Monday is the one that I miss the most. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking about pulling up my spaces again for tired moms. We've confirmed that our coffee company is still hanging on with us. So Tired Moms need coffee. So I'm excited when and if Tired Moms gets, you know, it's back. We'll be able to give coffee to poor Tired Moms. (laughs) That's awesome. I think the spaces would be be good to start again. So. Yeah. And also, guys, like, is anybody else on Clubhouse? I know like privately we've been kind of chatting about it but diana are you on clubhouse i don't do spaces through there i don't really go into the clubhouse room so but i've been wanting to check them out you should start like your own little channel or whatever i'm very new to it as well but it's like you know diversifying our social media platform portfolios (laughs) just in case twitter does like take a shit (laughs) we have like you know or you know it goes down for a certain amount of time. I don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but just in case you'd have your clubhouse, like community ready to, to, to find you there. Yeah. I also have the TikTok where I can do lives now. So I'm thinking about doing like a live with a space at the same time. I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but yeah, just in case Twitter dies. <laughs> Did you guys hear about the EU? The new yeah. EU yeah. ruling? <laughs> So I think yeah. that's going to help a lot. I I did not explain. The European Union has a new law about social media platforms and hate speech where they don't allow that, allow it. So Twitter might get kicked out of Europe completely. Oh, yeah. Because wow. Elon fired <laughs> all moderators. So they pretty much said, no, we're not going to have this. So... A lot yeah. of people being kicked out. Oh, that's funny. There's another conspiracy going around that Binance is doing something with Elon to launch 
some some other type of social media platform, something bigger than Twitter. So I still think he's trying to destroy it. Hmm. There's something yeah. I read, I forgot what the term was, but it's something about where you can default. Well, you can default on all these loans if you kill it. So I just think he's trying mm. to kill it. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I <laughs> get <laughs> <laughs> questions about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, lots of, lots of thoughts there. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> Uh, I, I will stay on Twitter for Diana's spaces, though. I will stay there for that. So, and mine, and mine. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna stay until we can't. They're fun. I'm gonna be blowing. Yeah, up Sarah's there. got great Talk about like too. mom stuff, not just crypto NFT stuff. Yeah, yeah no, I, I have to stay on Twitter because that's such a funnel. It's still very much where everybody is for Web three and NFTs. So, yeah, yeah, they won't let me leave for sure. Dancing with yeah. the devil, but what are you gonna do? Boys will not also, let me leave. I'm really annoyed. The dumpster fire is so fun to watch. It's just amazing. Like, it's great. Just basking in the glow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, the Eli Lilly thing. I mean, I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm just here for it. So, I think the new check marks coming out, the three different colors. I think that's going to be really interesting. I'm waiting to see how that goes all along somehow. So, oh my God, great. I, know. I don't. I don't do reality television, so I guess this is my fix. So, oh, oh yeah, this, and this is unscripted, <laughs> kind of, right? Also, like, what world are we living in that over Thanksgiving break, Donald Trump entertained? I'd never heard of this Nick Fuentes guy, and then I saw clips of him, and I was like, "This person exists!" Like, he's he's like. You guys remember Rainbow Bright and the, the bad guy that <laughs> had no color in Rainbow Bright, the the evil villain? Yes. Of course. You're talking about... He's like, that yeah. come to life. The more you <laughs> and, then, and then Kanye, or yay, sorry, shows up and he's like, hey, Donnie, will you be my vice president? My running mate? Like, what world are we living in? I mean, just to me. Yeah, but he's hanging out with that other douche. Which one? That other horrible douchebag. What's his name? That Ben guy? Guys, no. That's another one. Oh, God. He's really terrible. Um, they were all over, like, paparazzi photos last week. Um, I don't know. And just, I mean, what's going on 2022? <laughs> I know. It was not on my so card. Yeah. Jackie, you're on mute. Go off mute. <laughs> Tell us what you're saying. Oh, I'm saying it's like an industrial complex fire. It's so much bigger than a dumpster now. It's just yeah. a raging, gigantic portion. Ugh. It's, yeah, it's like some factory with, with like waste or something. Yeah. Toxic waste. Okay. All right. Anyway, there's a, um, lot of, a lot of good to be done, though, on top of that. Like, that's okay yeah. to let things yes. burn. New things can grow. There's Jackie. Jackie with the the hula girls mentality. I love it. Not really. Uh, I'm so mean and grumpy all the time. I'm only nice to you. Supposed to be positive. <laughs> I love it. No, I was just thinking, you know, with the dumpster fire that is everything and you know we don't even know where we don't even feel like we can trust the places we get our dumpster fire news because the places we go <laughs> are dumpster fires. 
And so how do you be a bright, shining light, you know, to in that space? And that's why I love our projects. And I love what we're doing because we're authentic and legitimate and we want change and we want inclusivity. And I, you know, I hope that people will see that for what it is, you know, that are coming into the space and are already in the space and we can kind of one by one counteract all the, all the, all the crap. So that's, that's my well, soapbox yeah. inspiration. <laughs> We're sticking around and that's what it is sticking around and, and get, you know, staying here throughout all of the hard stuff and, and staying with your message and, and what you care about. And our, our and, projects, even though they might, oh, sorry, Jen, go ahead. No, no. Oh, oh my God. Say, sorry. Our, our, breaking news. Breaking news. Sorry. Mario Nawal. He's the guy that's like doing all the breaking SBF stuff. He hosts these mega spaces every day about it. Sam Bankman Fried is gonna be in the space in an hour and a half to oh like actually God. talk. <laughs> no, no, so Twitter's gonna shut down. So Twitter's gonna go like he's such a dumb fuck. It'll be that'll see talk about dumpster fires. Oh my god. Wait. Well, we're about to dive into that. But I was just gonna say, I think that's why it's so important that we do this podcast and that we just speak our thoughts out there because people like Nick Fuentes and Yay and all of these other people are building these platforms and who's Andrew Tate Yates, you know, just, they're just putting this nonsense out there. And I I feel like as women, we're, we're busy, we're tired. You know, we, we don't feel like we want to do this, but if we don't step up, then the, all the noise is dumpster fire noise. And we have to put, you know, the good stuff out into the world. So that's why we're I doing this. Putting the good stuff out is really, really, really important. And so. you look at all the women. I mean, I, I, I'm all, I've just, am always astonished at how many women are in offices and in more offices and on more TV shows and bringing, bringing their views and their voices and their, you know, perspectives on. And it's, it, it's only getting better. You know, it's, it's a, it's a horrible giant mess, but it is still going to get better you know. Yeah, very true. Sana, speaking of dumpster fires, what is our question of the week? Hmm. Okay. Who would play SBF in one of the dozen upcoming movies that's going to be made about him? (laughs) (laughs) Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. I think he could bring that comedy with a little bit of sadness at the same time. Yeah. So I think Seth Rogen. He's got the range. Yeah. I still st- I, I still think Jonah Hill. Okay. Same. Also a good choice. Okay. Aren't they like best friends? <laughs> Pretty much. They could just switch off yeah. and on. I mean, was, I mean, was really unexpected. Okay, wait, wait. I have one. Hold on. I'm looking up his name. Okay, I have one. But you know, I have to be honest. I've never even heard SBF talk. Like, I don't even know what his voice it's sounds like. I've never seen. It's him. interesting. And so I, I like care so little about that fuck that, like, I know nothing about him other than like his horrible actions. <laughs> you should play some. Like, I would love to hear your thoughts when you hear his voice for the first time. What about this guy, Michael Sarah? Yeah. Oh yeah, he'd be great. He'd be. Great. I think he would be interesting. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna throw Rami Malik into into the mix. The way, he, the way he played Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. I like that. 
He's so. I also love me some Jesse Eisenberg. We uh, we know how Sa- uh, we know how Sana feels about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think enough people, are <sighs> but he's in a new movie that I just saw like the preview for, and it has like other people that I really love. I just don't know if I can. I don't know if I can stomach mm. it. You hate him that much. What? Well, what if I met him in person and I like we became like best friends? So I don't like to talk crap on actors, but he just really rubs me the wrong way. Mm. Robot. Well, same. I think it was from the social network that it turned me off to him as a person. Did he just because of the paper? He yeah. he, he played it so well. He did too. That it just made out. But I don't. I think that he plays that in every single role I've seen him in. This very yucky okay. person. Let, get back to me when you see American Ultra someday, because I love oh, that movie. Man. Okay. Love that movie. So, okay. okay, I like all these all these ideas. These are good. These are good. Sarah, do you have anybody to add? You know, I I've been trying to think of like an unexpected person. But the I think the best person to play him would just be the poop emoji. <laughs> do, do any of y'all think he's he's just sort of kind of innocent? He never meant to defraud anybody. He just kind of made some mistakes, had a bad. No way. Okay. No way. No, and no. I don't think he's in this alone. No, either. and I'm wondering, is he going to end up behind any bars or incarcerated at all? I think people are so pissed off at him that. It may actually happen. Yeah, I don't know. I think that he's really insulated by a lot of people with really deep pockets that he helped fill. Yeah, and they are going to do yeah. everything in their power to keep him safe, so as to not expose their own criminal activity. Mm. Right. Hence the damage control PR stunt that's happening today. Oh, for sure. And then NYT, you know, the New York yeah. Times article. I mean, I guess in the art, I guess in the interview, they were asking some pretty hard hitting questions and he was like shaking nervously and being a fucking weirdo. But yeah, I mean, he, he knows whatever he knows he's a bad guy, but I think that there are way, way worse bad guys that are really pulling the strings. So let's recap real quick. What's, what's the status today of the whole debacle for anybody who is hiding under a rock and doesn't know, or just read all the puff pieces about him and doesn't know what really happened? Well, SBF will just say, I've had a bad month. That's his yeah. quote. Yeah, that's what he said yesterday at the in New York Times convention thing. So, but they're saying he lost over $30 billion, right? It's over $30 billion now. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he it's took, insane. Yeah. Because he took the customer deposits from his exchange, which you're supposed to like have one-to-one, you know? And he moved him over to basically his hedge fund, Alameda Research, and or Alameda Ventures, whatever it's called, and day traded it there, essentially, and lost a lot of money. He also gave himself a $1 billion personal loan from Alameda. Then they're saying that money pretty much probably came from the customer deposits of FTX. But, like, who needs a $1 billion personal loan? You know, like, that's... And it's, yeah, nobody. They bought a bunch of uh, like almost $200 million worth of real estate for FTX executives in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's, I think, sums it up. I, I, guys I, 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 mean, do you, I hope so. I mean, do you think this is also a master ploy for CZ to just 
tank. I mean, I wonder, like, he seems to be controlling a lot of stuff, too. I don't know. I mean, I really know very little about it, but I mean, I don't know. It's a lot. It's too much. I think the fact that he's just gallivanting around so it speaks a lot to the problems in this country. Like, there's no consequence. Oh, for sure. For no matter, you know, and he's so protected. Well, also, it's like, you know, <laughs> the NBC News reached out to me to see if I had any FTX holdings or if I knew anybody that kind of had, had was jumbled up in that mess. And they asked me what we think, what I thought of the New York Times article. And I was like, it's really interesting because obviously it's a shit show, but we're in crypto. And I feel like most of Americans are just, they don't either don't care or don't know or don't know to care, or they just aren't as invested because, which is a huge problem. It's such a massive problem because they should really, really care. But I think it's being played up. So it's being downplayed so much that they it's not an urgent thing. It's not top news. You know, there's so many, right. you know, dumpster fires to put out by design. By design. Oh, 100 percent. Right. Yeah. Until by they design. know what's going yeah. on. But then also I read, you know, maybe the reason why they're so slow to kick his ass to the curb is that they're trying to build a really, really ironclad case against him to lock him up and make an example out of him. But who the hell knows? You know, could go both ways. I just don't know. Yeah, you would you would hope that that's what it is. But then the fact that he's appearing on a fucking Twitter space today, like, tells me he's not concerned about anything. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's so it's just so crazy. Can we circle back to that poop emoji mm-hmm. really fast? Hell yeah. Just a side note. I just want you guys to know that I actually got paid to be the poop emoji mascot one or two times. <laughs> I'm going to need more detail. I, I would like to know the circumstances of that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you can't just drop poop emoji. Just every time I think of the poop emoji, I think of spending time in that outfit. It was just like when the movie, when the emoji movie was coming out. So sometimes I would take jobs as like mascots. So I've been like the Nesquik bunny, poop emoji. and But a lot of people thought I was chocolate ice cream. and so it was interesting to hear people argue about whether i was a piece of shit or if i was a lickable little treat (laughs) i i want to know who your agent is because these are really good jobs and i would this is so fun yeah it's pretty great they're pretty fun but you do have to have a fan on the inside of them and you have to have a guide walking you around because you can't see shit and if your fan battery dies you're fucked so right. anyway, well, we just learned something new about Tony, everybody. This is so good. <laughs> thought, when you're going to be in a costume, you bring the batteries in your pocket just in case. Yes. And peppermint oil. Peppermint oil is really good to like cool you down. Okay. I learned. All right. We're just, we're just bringing all yeah. kinds of alpha today, guys. I thought it was because of the smell. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Teresa is joining us. Teresa, do you want to give your intro? I would love to. My name is Teresa Gerke. I'm the founder and CEO of Popsicle. It stands for Protecting Our Precious Curious Kids Online. We are an emerging cybersecurity awareness company for kids and caregivers. We offer Popsicle tips, which are free resources about different cybersecurity awareness and education. We also have a password curriculum. You can also book corporate and family consultations with us. Amazing. Excellent delivery every time with our intros. Yes. 
All right. So we just recapped where the summary of the FTX debacle is of today. And in about an hour and a half, he's going on a Twitter space. I'm sure his lawyers are thrilled about that to continue to talk about things because that makes total sense. I would say, what's the craziest part of all of this to you guys? Is it the loan? Is it the media coverage? Is it just the fact like his parents are lawyers? Like there's no way he was an idiot and shouldn't have known that he shouldn't have commingled funds, you know, and then lost the funds trading. Like, what's the craziest part of all this? Or, or that this is bigger than Enron and we're like, the country doesn't get it. Yeah, that's what I, that, I don't think anybody cares anymore. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering, Sana, when you mentioned like, there's no consequence. I was trying to remember what the consequences were for the executives of Enron. And it's been so long, I don't remember, but my mom's a lawyer. <laughs> and I, I, I always just plan on being good <laughs> and doing the right thing because the consequences of just something little can be pretty catastrophic. And so what, what are the consequences for him? Like where, where are his parents giving him like advice on this whole thing that, that kind of baffles me. Maybe they're not good lawyers. Yeah. I think he I think the, gave, the about sorry, the, he gave them, Together, him and his parents used FTX funds, Alameda Research funds, whatever, to buy $121 million worth of real estate in the Bahamas. They are complicit. They are That's just as guilty as but those guys. Wasn't his dad also, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't his dad also like a former boss of the current person in charge of the SEC? Yep. Hmm. Whoa. There you go. So I think, I think collectively as a country, like, there are so many other things that people are so stressed and worried about. They are so tired of billionaire brats and they just like, don't give a shit because smaller, more important issues, not smaller, larger, but more important issues, you know, that deal with people's day to day life are not being addressed. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, it's like just another billion dollar player who's like got away with something. And the rest yeah. of us are like, I just want to be able to put food on the table. Right. 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 I think a lot of people too, don't, don't get it as much because they, because it wasn't us dollars that was lost. It was something other. And they still don't understand what Bitcoin. Yeah. Ethereum it's or like whatever. monopoly money. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, Oh, did you really lose that money? It's like, yeah, they did. But Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And then because it was people that were investing in potentially risky things like crypto, I think that this gives the average American some ammo to say, well, serves you right, dumb fuck. You shouldn't be doing crypto anyway, you know, and then then, then they're justified even more to reject this new way that is going to happen someday. But I'm I'm going to do this. I'm going to see if I can find articles from when the New York stock exchange was being established and see if we can find the same kind of FUD, which is just fear, uncertainty, and doubt of people being really wary of the stock market back then. Cause I, you know, I view crypto as like the way of the future it's coming, whether we're, you know, we get it or not, or whether we understand it. Cause I, I hear people all the time. I just don't understand it. Well, do you really understand the stock market either, but you invest your retirement there, you know? 
So I, I'm just interested to see if society was leery of the stock market the same way we right now are leery of crypto. I will report back on that. I will do that research and see if I can. Yeah, that's fascinating. That'll yeah. be interesting. Very true. So next question, do you guys think this is the last or the most defining scandal or collapse of this crypto winter? Or do you think we're going to have more before we come out of it? Diana, what do you think on that? History repeats itself. I mean, I learned with Celsius, now FTX. It could happen to anyone and from any exchange. I mean, bad practices, you know, sometimes there's just bad apples in the group. I hope not because the people that get hurt are the people that believe in these companies. But I don't think it'll be the last. And it's it's scary to not know where the next one is coming from because who can you really trust in? Like I used to be paid in crypto for my services. Now I'm kind of leery. It's like, what exchange should I put it on, or should I just cash it out and convert? Yeah. You know, from the crash of last year to now, I've lost over forty grand total. Oh, damn. So it it it's it just compounds after one after another thing. You know. Yeah. Uh, it does make you leery. Diana, do you have a cold wallet? I do. Yes. Okay. So you could keep it there too, but you're still keeping yeah. it in a. The thing is with the exchanges and like Celsius and all that, those percentages are so enticing, you know, to stake it with someone and make crazy amounts back, you know, while there were increases in some of them, when they go down and your funds are stuck there, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it just sucks for the people who has faith in these companies, right. you know? Right. And then you have to keep up with the companies because I, so I got into BlockFi because I listened to this guy named Anthony Pompliano. He was repping them. I didn't really realize he was being paid by them. I thought he just was on the board. That's what he said. But it, it was more of an influencer gig. And then he, he stopped representing them, I think, because he didn't agree with them or align with them anymore. And they were going through some issues. And FTX actually bailed them out at some point. I didn't know any of that. And so it, now BlockFi declared bankruptcy. And I lost money with BlockFi because I had it staked like you were talking about. So, And I had referred a friend of mine to do it, too. And she had put a ton of money on it and thankfully she's very conservative she was she got out of it pretty quickly she was like i'm out so she's fine but so yeah i, I feel you and it's yeah that, yeah i mean there's the sketchier ones like time wonderland right i think that was the first one that i personally invested into i got out before i lost too much money but then when big companies like celsius and ftx go down yeah i mean the reason I joined Celsius is because they were presenters at CES, mm-hmm. the international convention there on electronics and everything that had to do with, you know, technology. Right. So I thought they're credible. I mean, the CFO was the one that was on the panel, you know, talking about how great they are and the new wave of what banking's going to look like in the future and, you know, cut out the middleman. And I was like, yes, this is so innovative. It's so interesting. And I went ahead first you know and then what happened you know yeah. like, where did this company go yeah <laughs> it just disappeared it fizzled and when that happens it does create distrust yeah but then there's you know companies that are out there doing a good job and are protecting you know the end user's interests right so it's just knowing who to trust yeah 
So true. And, but also staying right on top of it, you know, because they, you can trust them and then, you know, change in leadership or any number of decisions and they're all, all of a sudden untrustworthy. So Sarah, weren't you saying that in the last crypto winter, you were invested in several altcoins that don't exist anymore? Were you saying that at some point? You're? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a good time. Yeah. yeah, we invested in a bunch of altcoins, a teeny amount of Bitcoin, and the Bitcoin is the only one that still has any anything going on. Yeah. And then we also bought Bitcoin at the height of everything in 2020, which was really sad. <laughs> but as it's gone down, we've been trying to cut dollar cost average and kind of make it a little better. You know, I've heard that it's going to go down to nine. I don't know. But that's what Teresa said. And I'm oh, sorry, Jacqueline said. And but my nephew's like, no, it'll go to 15. But who the hell? I mean, who the hell knows? I just I just wanted to go back up so I can recoup some of our investment. But yeah, I'll go on the record and make a prediction that I don't think this is the last big scandal of this crypto winter. I think something I don't think it's going to be an exchange, but I think something else is is coming. I feel like it's it's been too short. And there, uh, from everything that I heard about crypto winters, I feel like we haven't had enough of the bloodbath to come out of it, which sounds awful. <laughs> I'm like, come into this space, everybody. It's great. It's the future. Just be prepared to get bloody along the way, you know? So yeah. That's why I think what we're doing with NFTs is really smart because for docs, you get something for them. It's safe. Yeah. It's a low risk investment. You know, it's a community based. People support each other. You know, crypto is just a stock market with weird names for money. You know, it's like it's not a happy, fun place to be. And so just it's just for stressed out people, all, you know, on Adderall, just buy, 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 sell, sell, sell. And it's risky. You know, I think <laughs> NFTs are far less risky because you, you immediately see the benefit of your purchase and you can believe in it on so many different levels than just a number going up. You can so believe true. in the artist, the artwork, the community the charitable aspects, the utility, all of that. So you get so much immediately out of it that's satisfying versus just, you know, spending $200 on to buy Bitcoin and just stressing watching it go up and down versus spending $200 to buy an NFT and, you know, immediately getting it, which is why I think that NFTs would really be such a great onboarding tool for people that want to get into it. And I honestly don't think most of the people getting in NFTs are going to then jump and start buying crypto. I don't. I hate crypto. <laughs> I hate trading it and buying Me it. Too. It's so not my thing. I'm all about NFTs. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, think, I think it's much. I think I agree with Sarah so much because, like, you know, just as collectibles, NFTs even just came into existence only as a fun, a funner way to play with crypto. That's the only reason they even came into existence way back in. In crypto punks era, you know, like that was fun. It was like more fun than buying another crypto. I'd buy a little picture instead. And so collectors and collections, it's like any kind of a collector. I, okay, I will admit I bought five monster high girl dolls for my daughter and they were like $24 a piece. Okay. Now, (laughs) you would think, oh, you're just trying to please your kid and it's Christmas and stuff like that. Well, I don't buy the dolls I don't like because I didn't get any Barbies when I was a kid. (laughs) So 
got no Barbies at all. And so I am totally reliving my life through my daughter. So I we have insane collections of, of dolls that I think are beautiful art pieces and so interesting. And I am a collector. So just like I would do that, I would buy a plastic doll that retains probably no value unless I resell her in the box. But who's going to do that once my daughter's recolored her hair and painted her face five times? You know, it's not going to be happening. So I've lost that money, but we are enjoying her, that doll. Mm -hmm. So the same thing with the NFTs. And that's why the kind of the IRL potential for sharing them, people like that's why Instagram is letting you upload your NFTs so you can show them on your Instagram feed, just like pulling pictures out of your wallet. So the yeah. enjoyment aspect and the sharing and the collecting sort of thing. I mean, that's what people did at one of these San Francisco NFT meetups I went to. This guy pulls out his phone and starts showing me his NFTs. Like I'm supposed to be so excited to see those. <laughs> but you know, that's truly, that's truly a collector's mind for NFTs. Yeah. They're like so excited. My partners act like that. They're insane. I look at their collections in the but Jackie, and I'm like, you guys, why did you buy that horrible one? Oh, it was so cool because da, 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 da. And I don't think there's any community left on any of that stuff. I think so many of them have dissipated, but they still like their NFTs. So mm. anyway, sorry, I cut somebody off. So doesn't that, weren't you just a little bit excited to see his NFTs? Just a little bit. <laughs> I don't like most of them. <laughs> Oh, wait, are you trying? You weren't excited though that he was collecting NFTs? Well, he was there because he was collecting NFTs. And what's funny is I thought, you know, it was a place where you're supposed to go and like practice pitching your NFT project. So I thought that's what he, no, he was just there to watch NFT projects. And he's just, was this goofy young guy who like loves his crypto and his, and his NFTs. And yeah, I mean, he's one of our fans now, and that's nice, but I don't know. That's what you got to love. That's, what, that's my point. Like, didn't you just a little bit love? Little bit. I'm supposed to don't get it, but people? I don't get it. But I do like my dolls, so they must love their NFTs. You know, I agree with you on that. I never got any cool thing. I never got the Cabbage Patch Kids or the My Little Ponies when I was a kid. And so now, as a grown-up, I'm like, oh, wow, I can buy those for my kid and relive that through her. And regarding my collection specifically, because it's all about nostalgia and 80s stuff, we're going to start doing, we're going to do giveaways or do a space or do something where the the prize is you get like a gift certificate to Toys R Us to go buy this shit you never got when you were a kid. Yes. <laughs> this is so fun. Like who would yeah. love that? Like you, know, you have to go, you have to use it there and you have to talk about it. You know, what a dream. Can you imagine having like a hundred dollars to spend at Toys R Us when you're ten years old or something. Oh or when you're thirty-five. <laughs> or when you're forty-five. Fifty-five. There's always something to buy at the Toys R Us. Always something to buy at Toys R Us. All right. So is this changing y'all's investment strategy? Are you more into NFTs and just investing in NFTs? Or are you also still investing in crypto? Are you out of crypto? Like, how has this scandal affected your investing strategy when it comes to crypto and NFTs? It hasn't well, only I've affected my investing strategy. It's also affected how I look at income coming in. Since we've been doing Web3 work, 
Now it's like, mm, we'd rather be paid in USD than in Bitcoin or Ethereum, just because of the volatility. One day or even one hour, it could be high and then the next hour it's low. Mm -hmm. So when we're going to go get paid, let's say we get paid 10 ETH for something, it could change the total value of our work. So volatility has definitely slowed me down in my investing strategy, but I love my NFTs. My NFTs, the ones that I have that I will hold on for life, like my BFF or my Wow G, are still giving me stuff back a year later. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still getting those like extra charms, or we're still getting like tonight's the Wow Gala. And even though I'm not in Miami to be there present, I can still, you know, participate and be a part of it. Yeah. That's a good point. Really good point. Jackie. Mm-hmm. You're a collector. Yeah, you're a collector. And the two fine art projects I watch, one of them is Damien Hirsch. The guy uses a lot of the animal parts. And the other one is Mirakami. I am watching. So they're IRL art people, right? And they're, they're well known. So they sold their initial collections. And now they drop second collections where their holders get a free one and everybody else buys them to begin to be a collector, which I have to say is 100% like normal collecting of something in IRL all the time. Mm-hmm. You no? Know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's the thing. All right. Who else? I've never actually been into crypto, like, like that really. So I've been more into the NFT art and I am still very, very, very bullish on film three, film NFTs. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really my, I, I mean, I appreciate a lot of the NFT art out there, but unless they have a tangible something, I don't really give a fuck. But the film stuff is really fascinating to me. So those NFTs are great because it's more of like a membership. It's more of a community VIP pass. And that's the exciting thing about NFTs that I'm into right now. Yeah, I love that. And you do always want to tie IRL stuff to your NFTs. That's always your advice to us. So that that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I love crypto. I'm so into it. I own so many different types of coins. So I am like (laughs) hard, like, you know, very diversified. I wouldn't say I I really deeply understand every project, uh, but I, I feel like I have found three people for people in crypto who know what the hell's going on and know it on deep levels and don't aren't real big influencers don't really bullshit their audience just to make make money off of us so i kind of just follow a lot of what they say uh, and that's that's kind of my strategy so i did just move all of my crypto from exchanges because i was across multiple exchanges to my ledger wallets and i had to like really figure that out I started with a Nano S and I got real frustrated because I could only put three or four different types of coins or tokens on the Nano S because it has so little storage. It's hilarious to see something that has storage in like kilobytes or megabytes. I'm like, it's 2022. Why doesn't this thing have 14 gigs, you know, of storage? I don't understand Ledger. So then I got the Ledger Nano X, which has megabytes worth of storage. I still, again, what the hell? But I've, I'm able to put all my different types of coins on the Ledger Nano X, which is, I think, I think I'm up to like almost 20 different types 
So I've got Bitcoin and Ethereum, but I also have like XRP, Stellar Lumens, HBAR, and it goes on from there. I have a little bit of Dogecoin just because what the hell, just a couple, whatever. That's cute. That's cute. cute. So I, I'm on that. And then I, this really made me understand DeFi because I kind of, you know, I heard DeFi and I heard Dex, but I didn't really understand what these were and how they were different from Uphold is an exchange that I use. I wasn't on FTX, Coinbase, Crypto.com, Binance. I'm on all of those exchanges. And so I didn't know like which ones were DeFi and which ones weren't. So, and if I'm really honest for a while, I just thought DeFi was crypto because we were different, you know? So if you were new to crypto, please don't feel stupid. Okay. Because uh, I've been in it for a while and still was confused about that. So now I am off of those exchanges and I'm on Uniswap, which is where I'm trying to do all of my trading. And Uniswap is different because it just facilitates a transfer between me and a direct other person who wants to sell that, who wants to sell that coin or that token. There's not the central exchange holding it. It is like one-to-one. So I've really had to learn, I guess, a lot about this and change my habits and where I keep my crypto. And I like the other thing I'll say about all this is it's cumbersome and annoying because I have to go get essentially a different account number and routing number, which are probably, you know, both one and the same for every type of coin. It's not just like, oh, my ledger has this one number and I just put it in and send the Bitcoin and the H bar to the ledger. Like every coin has its own individual account number. So it's cumbersome. And I think that that inhibits or, you know, for a while will inhibit mass adoption because it's just weird. And then like some of them I can just on the ledger, ledger live, like get the address, but then some of them I had to go install something else to be able to get the number. So it's, it, you can't be lazy about it. The exchanges just let you be lazy. You know, you just buy it and it's there and just whatever. And the heart pounding when you feel it's like, oh my gosh, I'm transferring something to something else. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's like that one little butt clenching moment where it's like, did I lose all my money? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I only do it in small chunks because I'm just scared to death that the copy and paste, at, you know, will, will be different. So like, We'll forget like that one last, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm only doing it in small chunks because I'm just terrified. So it's just. I always do the test too. I'm like, I'll send $5 first, then I'll do the big chunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's been eye-opening to be, I think, a more mature, responsible investor with crypto. And I definitely think they're in like, I love the ledger because I have to interact with a physical device to be able to send or receive anything. So it is crazy secure, but it is really annoying to be like on my keyboard, like da, 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 I'm transferring something and I have to go pick up this little thing and like press the buttons and do the thing to make it work. It's. Oh, so it's, it's an actual device. I didn't. It is. Yeah. And they're little buttons. They're little you, tiny buttons. You have to press both of these at one time to like accept something or do something. Okay. I need to like flip through left or right. It's so it's just weird because I'm like, this is like a Game Boy. It's like an ancient Game Boy, but it's like the money of the future. It's just very strange. It's the whole experience, the whole vibe. So, but. I want to learn more about exchanging crypto because I, in 2019, I won crypto from a bounty through the East Denver event. 
And so I have ETH just kind of floating around somewhere that, you know, I'm looking at my, my money. I've got like five grand in it right now. Wow. That's great. And I really want to exchange it into us dollars so I can invest it into popsicle. Um, I have no idea how to do that. Okay. I've just, and it's, it used to be 13 grand. (laughs) I was like, thank you. Easy. Grab Um, your address. Okay. And do a send and receive through either Coinbase or whatever trusted place to then change it into USD and then pay yourself. That'll get it off the exchanges. I need to so create a, a Coinbase account. That's what I would use just because that's what everybody uses. Which I think I have, yeah. Yeah. And then you just take your ETH address <clears throat> and then send it to your wallet address on Coinbase. Your okay. ETH wallet address. And then you then convert it inside of Coinbase. Unless you want to do the conversion outside, which you can. I mean, if you use something centralized like Trader Joe or Uniswap or something like that, you can do that as well. Yeah. I think it might be easier just to do Coinbase for this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Teresa, you can give me a call or Diana, you know, we can. Yeah. I, I, feel, I need a little more hand holding. I feel I feel confident <laughs> enough to support you in this in this endeavor now that I've been through nonsense with my ancient Game Boy with only megabytes worth of storage. So still not over that. So yeah, you think there would be a, like an advance in technology with that too? I mean, the damn thing was like one hundred thirty dollars. You know, I mean, I have I have external hard drives that have more more than two gigs for less than that you know i don't know so anyways so it, it it was an interesting endeavor but i'm glad i did it i'm glad i know what i'm doing now so now it's only the volatility and the tokens that can affect me and the, the tokens and the coins not an exchange going down so i feel a little more protected all right okay. anybody else changing your as your strategy or your approach to investing or building or anything like that I've just amped up my wine consumption. (laughs) (laughs) Day drinking for sure. (laughs) Which wines are you uh, partaking in these days? I like a nice nice Sav Blanc from Costco Kirkland brand for about $8.99. It really really scratches that itch. (laughs) I love it. You're you're bullish on on the crypto. I'm sorry on this, on the Costco wine. (laughs) <laughs> totally. Love like it. it. We're not going to say if it's a box or not. <laughs> I'm, e- I'm, a, I'm a cheap drunk. I'm easy to please. <laughs> I do do the box wine every now and then. Yeah, uh, I like that. I, I'll admit to that. So, If it's um, in the fridge, better. What do you, you like, guys know that there's alcoholic juice pops? Kirkland <laughs> ones. Yeah, they look like I this. Know. Have you seen them? Oh, they come like yeah. like the juice trees, <laughs> and yeah, they're, they're tiny. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're great. Awesome. I love this. All right. Well, I heard about a new thing on the horizon that I think you guys will all like. Given our conversation on NFTs, there is supposed to be an Amazon for NFTs coming out, where it aggregates a bunch of stores like OpenSea. And so you can buy and sell NFTs from multiple places in this one central marketplace. Whoa, when is this happening? 
think it's just starting. So I think sometime early next year it's coming out, but I read about it. Sarah, this could help you. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Is there a link or where would I look to see that? I saw it in the web three newsletter that I get. I will forward it to you. I can't remember. Thank you. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that'd be really interesting since still like 99% of all NFT trades happen in and around OpenSea. So it'd be really interesting if that, you know, became more decentralized is what they're talking about. I mean, I think that, yeah, I mean, everybody says we'll know we've succeeded in onboarding everybody into Web3 when they don't even know it's happening. So because the back end will be there and they'll just be living life as normal, but everybody's transitioned. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll forward it to you. All right. And then lastly, what's a project we should know about and support? Sonny, you had a good one last time. Okay. So this is the football aficionado. This is an Iranian made feature social documentary film. And it is about a woman who loves watching football in, in real life in Iran. And that is not permissible for women in that country. So they made a documentary about how she has dressed up and disguised herself as a man so she could go and enjoy this sport. And the filmmakers are just incredible. And, you know, given the circumstances in that country right now, it's a really timely project to get behind and support. They have, they are going to be using the funds just to Kind of, I believe tighten up the the post production and the sound mix. So this film has actually already won the best Asian documentary at the Busan International Film Festival, which I guess is a fairly prestigious festival. So yeah, I we got to get behind this girl. She is selling NFTs for it, and it's like the movie poster, and it's like twenty bucks. It's like it's nothing. She does have a, a higher tier that's around. I think it's between two and 300, but yeah, it's really incredible. Such a low buy-in to support someone who could really use, you know, the love from the world right now. Love it. And you can find her information. I say her, but there's also a second filmmaker as well. Let me find her. Well, if you go to thefootballaficionadomovie.com, all the information is there. And they have three tiers of their of their NFTs right now. Still film poster, a film poster in motion, and then video shots of the film as well. And she's really awesome. I've heard her on a couple Twitter spaces and just just a fascinating human. Awesome. Love it. I will put the link to that in the show notes. So everybody can go and support this project. And I will also add to that. I really hype up film three, but because the community is so, so supportive, they, I know that there are a couple amazing filmmakers within the NFT film squad space that are working a little behind the scenes to help get this film some, some larger support. So that's really, really exciting. And, and that just came from her popping on a, on one of the squads weekly Twitter spaces. So again, you guys should pop into the NFT film squad spaces because it's not just for filmmakers it's for film fans as well so if you love movies could be for you awesome send me a link to include in the show notes for the nft film squad spaces 
Awesome space per usual, ladies. Thank you so much. This is Sarah from Gen X NFTs, and I can't wait to mess up this sign off. All right. See you later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I really need to tie up in. Okay. Diana, you want to do your sign off? Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invite. I'm so excited to be here and can't wait for the next one. Diana from Tired Moms NFT. Awesome. Jackie. This is Jackie. Thank you for listening in. I'm so happy we got to do this. Thank you, Jen. So this is Jackie from Hula Girl NFT and everyone try to hold on to that aloha. We're going to get through the winter. (laughs) Teresa. (laughs) Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. I always learn so much from this group. You can find more information about Popsicle at P-O-P-C-Y-K-O-L.com. Thank you. Sana. Oh, thank you so much, everybody. Sasana with Hellsgate. And make sure you go out, touch grass, play with your dogs, play with cat. Adopt a cat. Adopt a dog. Why not? <laughs> Have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. And this is Jen from Stimulus NFT Project. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, there is a different way to do capitalism. It's called triple bottom line capitalism. And you should look it up because it's a much better way. And it's 2022. We should definitely try something different. What do you think? <laughs> okay. All right. We will talk to you all next week. Thanks for tuning in. Oh,